uh, hard to believe, uh, Dan and Janet and I, I, I there's a few others here that were around uh, 20 years or 19 years ago, but as we start our 20th year as ministry, um, folks, I'm telling you, enjoy the moments because uh, they go fast, right? It's hard to believe that uh, we're starting our 20th year of ministry, and I am, I am thrilled. So thank you to everyone. Uh, thanks to all of you who are or to everyone who's ever been a part of New Covenant Church, um, the work of the kingdom of God called New Covenant Church. So it, it really is about, about his, uh, his work. I am, um, through the years, I, I, I would just say, you know, our goal has never been just to have good services. I, I thank God for good services. I thank God. Did you love worship this morning? Wasn't that fantastic? We've been so blessed through the years just to have a um, even back when we had karaoke worship, y'all have to ask us about that, right? You remember? <laughs> but um, our goal is to fulfill God's calling upon our lives, to make Jesus Christ famous, okay? It's not trying to make the name of New Covenant famous, but to make Jesus famous. And um, that really is, uh, that is really is our heart, to expand the kingdom of God. I mean, that's what we want to see. Um, I, it, you know, today has just been an, a really neat day. This, the songs that we sang, the government upon his shoulders. That You know what? The Bible says that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Uh, I'm thankful for the expansion of the kingdom of God. Uh, we want to we see God in us and through us impact nations and generations. We want to see him touch lives around the world and across the street. Amen? And to do, to do it all for his glory and for his honor. So um, again, thank you all for, um, for being a part of it. One thing that's especially been prompting on my heart, Pastor Chris, over the last uh, couple of weeks has been, you know, um, everything that's taken place, there's been a lot of hard work, there's been a lot of prayers prayed, a lot of sweat, a lot of, uh, a lot of sacrifice that's taken place uh, to us to come here. But, but can I say that really everything that has taken place has taken place because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and if it wasn't for the work of God, if it wasn't for the work of the Holy Spirit, we just simply wouldn't be here. And so what I would like to just declare is that, um, and I put it like this, is that we must depend on, going forward, we must depend on and yield to the Holy Spirit with all of our strength. Amen? There's a scripture in Galatians chapter 3 that stands out to me, and uh, the easy-to-read version puts it like this. It says, you began your life in Christ with the Spirit. Now, do you try to complete it by your own power? That is foolish. <laughs> that is foolish. For us to think that we can do anything in our own strength, in our own ability to touch, to change the lives of people would be foolish. To think that we can control the future, to think that we can have enough provision just on our own without the work of the Spirit would be foolish. So we're going to commit ourselves to continue to be people of the Spirit, who walk in the Spirit, who live in the Spirit, who are filled with the Spirit, who allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in services, in lives, in homes, in each and every one of us, on our jobs, all that we are, that we can, um, we can be people who do not depend upon might or power, but depend upon the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Is that okay with everybody? So why don't you just join me once again, and let's pray. Father, we um, really do come to you today and say thank you, God. I say thank you for your amazing faithfulness. 
God, to a new covenant church, but to each and every one of our lives. The songs that we sang today said it, God. You have been so abundantly faithful. You are absolutely, God, just amazing, and, and we love you. And so, Lord, we recognize today that who we are and what we are, and God, uh, God, what you allow us to do, it only takes place by your Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we say, come today and have your way in our lives. We yield not just this service, not just our talents, our gifts and abilities, but all of our lives. Church, come on, just say it again. We, we, we yield all of our lives to you. We, we depend upon you and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way fully and freely today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I think it's only appropriate today that we are, um, we're finishing up our series called The Art of Family, and today we're going to talk about family at, uh, at church. So um, we started out, we talked about the family of God, and the family of God is wonderful. Uh, it's beautiful, it's amazing. I said uh, last week that I think it's the most beautiful uh, thing that exists on the, play, on the face of the earth, and, uh, and, I, and I still um, I hold to that. And, and family at home, okay? And I'm going to help you out here, everybody. Family at home is wonderful, right? Amen. Come on, amen. We love our families, amen? We love our wives, amen? Yeah. We love our husbands. Woo. We love our children. Woo. Come on. And we love our grandchildren. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Right. Family at home is wonderful. And uh, I just want to say this, family at church, family at New Covenant Church, is, uh, it's wonderful. Matter of fact, I think um, it's not bragging to say we've got the best people in all of East Texas right here today. Amen? Yeah, go ahead and tell the person beside you, say, he's talking about you today, right? He's talking. So family, uh, family is, it's wonderful. And family is filled with life. It's filled with good times, fun times, uh, amazing moments um, in every season of our life that we could look back on and we can just remember some of the incredible times that, uh, of, of what God has done. Um, so God is just, uh, there's just so much, so much life that takes place within family. Um, now, one of the things we also know about life is that life isn't always wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes life is messy, all right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Sometimes life is, um, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 um, it's hard work. Anybody know that life is hard work? And, you know, does anybody do any hard work, okay? Any hard work in people around there, right? So life is, it's, a, it's challenging, Sometimes it's difficult, and again, life can just be, um, it can be messy, it, it, it can be challenging, it can be, a, uh, you know, it really can, it can stress us, it can mess with us, and, um, and I think it's important for us to understand that this is also as true as it is about life at home, family at home, it's also true about family at church, Okay, we come in and we all look good and smell good and we sing good and we worship and we, everything is good. Well, some of us sing good, right? But, uh, but then we, uh, and we think it's good. But can I tell you that we need to understand that, that church life can be messy. Church life can be, um, uh, it just can be challenging. It can be difficult. It can be a lot of hard work. And that's not just true of the general church, 
that's true of New Covenant Church, okay? And so uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, about just some things that we, uh, about church, okay? Because I really don't think it, that it should surprise us that church life is, um, is messy. As a matter of fact, I, I, one of the first things I would want to point out today is that when it comes to church life, family at church, we need to have some realistic expectations of what church life is. All right. The first thing we need to understand, I think, about church life is that church life includes everyone. Okay, it, it, it includes absolutely everyone. Um, I say it includes everyone because that's a nicer way of saying that it's not just about you. It's not just what you want. It's not just how you think sh- things should be. It's um, it includes everyone. Okay, it, no exclusions. It includes young. Old, men, women, boys, girls, rich, poor, everybody, everybody is welcome to be a part of the family here at New Covenant Church. Amen? Every socioeconomic group, okay, every language, every person from any type of a background, church people and non-church people are all welcomed and loved here at New Covenant Church, no matter what your story is. You're welcome and you're loved. Amen? Amen. I especially want to say this, um, that if you are wounded, if you're hurting and broken, you are welcome at New Covenant Church. If you are a mess, you are welcome at New Covenant Church. Come on, church. Is am I telling the truth today? Messy people welcome. Amen? And I especially want to say that if you've blown it, I don't know why the Lord just kept drilling this into my heart. If you've blown it in life, if you've just um, screwed up so royally that it doesn't look like there's any hope, any way back, um, and especially if you've blown it with God, especially if maybe you've had a, a calling on your life for ministry, But something went wrong in your past and something uh, happened and you made some mistakes and you made some wrong choices and you did some bad things and and you think, well, there's no way I could ever fulfill that calling or be that person. I want to tell you today that there is room for you in New Covenant Church today. There is room for you. New Covenant Church is a place where you can ask questions. You can express doubts. It's a place where you can grow. And we want you to know that we are here to help you take your next step in Jesus. Amen. I believe that New Covenant Church is a place where you can discover God's purposes for your life, a place where you can develop your gifts, your skills, your abilities, your talents to be able to, to, you know, sometimes I think um, we get this prompting on our heart that that God has got something special for me to do. God's giving me a vision for my life. And so, um, and we've had this happen a lot of times uh, through the years. Somebody will come in and say, oh man, God has just uh, anointed me or he's put a vision on my life to be a a teacher or to be a worship leader, to be this or to be that. And, um, And I want you to help me fulfill this vision. And what we found out is that the best way to see your vision fulfilled is to align with the vision of New Covenant Church and watch God that as you serve a different vision, God bring your vision to fulfillment. Amen? 
I, I'm just telling you, we, we see it all the time. And so I really do believe that, um, that New Covenant Church is a place where you can grow into everything that God wants you to be. You can accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish. I believe that Psalms 92 is a reality. I love this, uh, this scripture where it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I think that scripture means they shall be full of life all the days of their lives. How many people want to be full of life, man? I want to be full of life. I don't want to just kind of, you know, ride the roller coaster and coast down to the end. Anybody really want the fullness of life to flow in them? Amen. Then I encourage you, get planted into the house of the Lord and watch what God does. Amen. So uh, jump in, jump in. Second thing I wanted to uh, just say again is life is messy, okay? But it's worth the mess. Um, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4, you can go and look this up. My uh, translation of Proverbs 14, 4 is no manure, no milk. That's the SRF version, the Sam Fisher, Ray Fisher version, okay? No manure, uh, no milk. Uh, the, the real scripture says something like, where there is no um, oxen, then the stall is clean, okay? But you know what? To have some real produce in life, to have something that really uh, you know, exists in life, there's going to be some work. There's going to be some mess that takes place. And I was, it was interesting for me to find out as I was reading the scriptures over the last couple of weeks that, that Jesus warns us of this. Um, you know, you would think as much as we talk about church that Jesus would have talked about church a lot of times. Do you know how many times Jesus himself mentions church in the New Testament? Two. Okay, and we're going to read those scriptures. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 18, uh, Jesus has been teaching, and he's asked uh, the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, oh, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, you know, and, and, and Jesus says, oh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but this has been given to you by my father. And then he goes on, and he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And the scripture there is Petros, it's a little, a little pebble rock, right? And then Jesus says, but on this rock, on the declaration that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior of the world, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, there's three specific things that I underline in this section of Scripture. One is his church, okay, his church. Can I tell you that, that the church is his church? The new covenant church is his church, okay? It's not Pastor Chris's, Pastor Sam's, it's not anybody else. It is his church. When you want to know who's the boss of the church, he's the boss and we work for him, amen? So it is his church. Now, when talking about his church, he goes on to then say that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Now, there's lots of talk about what the gates of hell is, but I think the bottom line is that the power of darkness and death cannot keep the church from accomplishing its, pur its purposes. Amen? Uh, so he's saying here that the reason that the powers of hell, the powers of darkness, the powers of death cannot match the powers, okay, of the church is because he gives us the keys of the kingdom. He gives us his authority to accomplish his purposes. Uh, I summed it up like this. 
there are going to be some, you're going to have to deal with some external stuff as part of the church, okay? There's going to be some stuff that comes from the outside. Anybody ever had to deal with any external stuff? Anybody ever had to deal with some struggles, some difficulties, some unruly people? Anybody ever had to deal with some pressures that come from financial situation, things beyond your own control? I mean, we deal with stuff, folks. But can I tell you this? We cannot lose sight of the fact that God says whatever there is that would come against us externally, he has given us the power and the authority, the ability to overcome all things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Glad to be part of the church. I am. The second thing Jesus says is this. Verse, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, he says, Moreover, I would say to you that if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take one or two more with you, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be like a heathen and a tax collector to you. Assuredly, I say to you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I love this scripture. It'll already be loosed. What you make a determination about by the spirit of God has already been completed in Christ. And again, he says to you that if two or more of you agree on anything concerning um, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I stand in the midst of them. I love that scripture. I love that scripture. You know what it means? It means we've all got Jesus with us personally, right? But when we come together as two or three, Jesus says, I'm going to be there in a special way to do special things. Praise God. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? You know what he's saying here in these uh, section of scripture? He says, if your brother sins against you, he's saying, not only are you going to have to deal with some stuff externally when you're part of the church, you're going to have to deal with some stuff internally. Um, news alert. <laughs> If you're in the church long enough, somebody in the church will offend you. Somebody in the church will hurt you. Somebody in the church will disappoint you. Okay? Somebody in the church will not meet your expectations. Worship team won't sing your favorite song. Okay? You won't get to do things just the way you want to do it. Sometimes you're going to deal with some internal stuff in the church. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, when he talks about the church, says, hey, if your brother sins against you, he's kind of already setting up this expectation that there's everybody in the church isn't going to be as perfect as you, right? Or is me, right? Now, I think it's very loving and kind of God that he says to us, hey, have a reasonable expectation, or I wrote it like this. It's an unreasonable expectation to think that there will never be any stuff you have to deal with inside the church. Any church, okay? New Covenant Church, you're going to deal with some stuff. But I think that God gives us the opportunities to deal with some stuff internally because he knows we need to deal with some stuff right? He knows we need to rub up against some other people and we need to get some of the rough edges knocked off of our lives. Amen? Okay? And I know uh, anybody that I used to, I used one time an illustration of a rock tumbler. 
Anybody know what a rock tumbler is? You put all these ragged, jagged, ugly rocks into a tumbler, and they put them in there, and you leave it on for hours or weeks or however long it is. And, and then after a while, you stop, and you take out the rocks. And you know what? And those ugly, ragged, jagged rocks, now they're smooth and beautiful, and, and the beauty has been brought out of them. You know, when we learn how to forgive in the church, learn how to forgive one another, then can I tell you what? It makes it a little easier to learn how to practice forgiveness in our home or to forgive in our world. Can I tell you, if we're going to be successful in being the people and making the mark and accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish in the world, we're going to need to learn how to forgive people in the world. Amen. We're going to be, need to be people who walk in that grace and walk in that love. So we're going to have opportunities to give and to receive some grace. Anybody here need any grace in your life? We all need grace, don't we? We all need people to just be a little kind to us and a little gentle to us and a little forbearing with us and a little long-suffering with us. <laughs> Thank you for those of you that have been long-suffering with me for all of these years. I appreciate it. But you know what? God gives us the opportunity to practice these things. God teaches us how to choose love. Love for God and love for people over personal preference and what I want and how I see it in my opinion. God gives us the opportunity to practice servant leadership. And that, what is that? That's loving others more than ourselves. I, I, I believe that there's too many times, too many times, and please stay with me on this. I think that there have been too many times when people have got into a little bit of conflict in a church, and it happens everywhere. And, and what I've seen take place is they get kind of all puffed up, you know, and about what I think and what I want and how I feel. And all of a sudden, then instead of allowing the work of God to work in them, they choose to move. They step out. And... And not that there's never a time to leave a church or to go to a new church. I mean, we, we know those things take place. But can I tell you, I think people miss amazing opportunities. I, I could, I mean, there's a couple of families through the years that I could put my hand on them and say, you missed an amazing opportunity to paint a picture of love in the front of your children. You, you missed an amazing opportunity to paint a picture of being bigger than a problem, and that you don't have to run from problems, you can overcome them because they choose to move instead of stay. I, I mean, I, I think through the scripture, some of the most amazing pictures, uh, I think about Esau and Jacob. Back in the Old Testament, they had this huge conflict. You can go back there and read about it. But then God brought them to a place of reconciliation. And when Esau and Jacob reconciled, do you know who got to see that reconciliation? There was a young man named Joseph. Anybody ever heard the story of Joseph and his brothers throw him in a pit, sell him to somebody, goes and becomes a slave in, in a bad situation, but God uses him to rescue his family. Do you know why Joseph, in my opinion, had a, had a, had a heart for reconciliation with his brothers who had actually thrown his life away? It's because he saw his father and his uncle reconcile. He saw Esau and Jacob reconcile. 
Can I tell you that sometimes when we don't stay planted and stay plugged in and deal with the difficult stuff, mess, of being part of a family, we miss some amazing opportunities for God to work in our families. Amen? Amen. So again, Jesus is saying in these two passages that we, his church, the ones that he loves to death, right? (laughs) To his death, according to Ephesians 5. That he loves us so much that we should expect challenges from the outside and from the inside and to remind us that he has given us his spirit, the keys of his kingdom and his authority to overcome them all. Amen? Amen. And so if I could just be honest today, I would say, you know what? The external concerns, the external stuff doesn't really concern me. I, I mean, that's the, I just look at that pressures and problems and, and stress and all the stuff that goes on outside in government and, and, and whatever. All You could just name any of the issues. Those things don't stress me. They, they really don't. I see those. God is going to make a way. There's going to be an opportunity. I'm kind of like the little boy that they put in a room full of manure. You know, right? one boy got really, really upset and cried and wanted out. Another boy got in there. He just began to smile and yell, and he started digging through the manure. And they said, why are you so happy? He said, well, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere, right? You know, I mean. That's kind of how I look. There's just got to be, man, there's, there's some, with this, in every dark opportunity, God's, in, in every dark situation, God's going to give us an opportunity if we'll look for it. Amen? He really will. But those internal threats, those things on the inside, Pastor Chris, they're still the things that keep me up at night. When I see brothers and sisters who have the opportunity to overcome their personal preferences and to reconcile and to, and to build stronger and to be stronger and to, to be a witness to, to the present and a witness to the future and a witness, the scripture says, to the heavens. It grips my heart. It grips my heart. So, um, you know, one of the greatest privileges we get as followers of Jesus Christ, when we come to Christ, we're automatically put in the big C church. But God gives us the privilege of selecting Okay, the local church that he wants us to be a part of. It's an awesome, awesome responsibility. It's an awesome privilege. And again, I would just say, you know, we're not trying to find our, what we want, all of our, checks all of our boxes. We want God to place us in his body where he wants us so we can serve him how he wants us. Amen? Amen. So again, thank you. Thank you for being a part of New Covenant Church. Second thing I want to say, going forward, going forward, and this is, Uh, This is kind of just fluid here, if you'll give me this grace a little bit. Um, Going forward, I I really believe that one of the things, and it was so amazing today during throne room, is that it's time for us to reclaim some of the prophecies and some of the words that God has spoken over this house and over this body. Uh, There have been so many of them, and it was amazing to see how many of them got named today just in the throne room. Worship team, songs and sounds. I don't know if you guys remember that word being spoken to us years ago. But I, I believe, and, and, and I will say I do believe this about all of those prophetic words, that we need to get ready for things to happen exponentially quick. Okay? The things that have been prophesied and have been prayed over and have been held close to our hearts for years, 
And I would even say this into your lives personally. Some of you have been praying for some things, desiring some things from God or in God. And those things feel like they've been delayed. They feel like they've been put off for a season. Can I say, if you'll pursue God today with all of your heart, that those things which have been held up will be held up no more in the name of Jesus. Songs and sounds, it's time to move into those songs and sounds. Uh, matter of fact, that prophecy actually said they were songs and sounds which would minister to and influence the body of Christ around the world. So I, I believe that. Um, one of the scriptures or one of the prophecies that came has just really um, been kind of welling up in my heart has been the word wells. Uh, when we first got this piece of property that we are on today, um, there was actually, when we started praying over it, there was a, a water tank on it. And uh, I thought it was an oil well, and Dan straightened me out and said, "No, you don't know what you're talking about. It's a water tank." And so, uh, and, but there was a, a there was a place where a water was held because there's an oil well. There had been a, there's a capped oil well on this property, and God spoke a word to us years ago, and He said that we were going to be part of helping release, open up the wells. Okay, open up the wells. And can I tell you, I believe, I believe that the wells of revival. Uh, water uh, in scripture always refers to life. I believe that wells of life are ready to be released in our lives and in this body at a greater degree than we've ever experienced. And I believe that there's going to be a release of the oil of, uh, of, of the work of the spirit in greater degrees, in greater ways than we've ever experienced it. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, how do you, you know what I'm saying? When you believe something and you just believe it, right? You know what I'm talking about? I believe that those wells of revival, but can I tell you that, that when wells, for wells to, to, um, to really produce, that sometimes there has to be some drilling, there has to be some digging. Uh, Genesis chapter 26 talks about how that they had to dig wells and dig wells and dig some more wells, but then they came to a place where they, they dug a well and they hit flowing water. They hit a, an unlimited supply of the provision of God. Can I tell you today that I believe we're coming to that place? And it's based on, and Corey and I didn't talk about it, but one of the first things God ever spoke over this body was that we would be a house of prayer. And a house of prayer is not a house of prayer because you put a sign on the door that says this is a house of prayer. A house of prayer is a house of prayer because people pray. Amen? Because they trust God and they believe God and they pray and they call upon the Lord and they watch him do what he's promised to, to do. I, um, one of the words that the Lord spoke years ago was about being a hotel, a hospital, and a home. And I believe those things will be a perpetual word. And um, we welcome those that are here just for a hotel stay. Some that are here to be a part of the hospital, to get healed and restored, and, 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 and I do that. But can I tell you, I do believe that we're in a season where the manifestation of home life is going to flow. And I do believe part of that is, the, is, is prodigals coming home, people coming home, people getting to, to value home, people thankful for home, people God plugging into home, people accomplishing everything that God wants us to accomplish as his church at home. Amen? For this to be a reality... I believe that we, may, we must step into a new place of operating in kingdom authority. And can I say this is the final, and there's a whole bunch of stuff we could say about that. 
But I really do believe this. I believe that there's going to be a new level of love that we must just avail ourselves to in the Holy Spirit. I put in my notes that we must ask the Holy Spirit and, and yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to have an unfathomable love for all people. For people like us and people diametrically opposed to us. That we will be people, that we will be people who love people like God loves people. First John puts it like this. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ born of God and everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. They're not heavy, they're light. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Because we believe these things, because we love God, then we're going to love all people, no matter where they're at, no matter what their circumstance, what their situation is. We're going to love them. We're going to love them. Amen? Anybody says, and I just want to love, I want to love like God loves. I want, to, I want that to be a part of who I am and what we do as his family. Amen. Amen. Well, I, um, I really do want to say thank you again. If you are not already a part of New Covenant Church, I hope you'll jump on in. Come on in. We welcome you to be part of the family. There's room for you today. There's room. And for those of you who have been part of the journey from day one, guys, let's open our hearts and let's be ready. Let's be those new wineskins, ready, ready for greater moves of God, greater works of God, greater things of God, greater demonstrations of God than we've ever seen. And that will all be by his spirit and for his glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite you um, to stand with me this morning. I am, um, whether you're a part of this, uh, the family of New Covenant Church or not, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, um, and if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, before we leave today, I want to encourage you. Why don't you just come down here and let somebody pray with you. Just say today, I'd like to surrender my life to Jesus. I'd like to receive all of those wonderful things, healing and wholeness and freedom and life, all the things that he gives us as he forgives our sins and becomes the Lord of our lives, gives us new lives. I want that. I want that. For the rest of us, for the, for the family, I, I want us just to take a moment and just to say, God, today, we want to dedicate ourselves afresh and anew to you. God, we're not here asking you to just repeat what you've done in the past. We're here saying, God, make us ready. Make us new wineskins, ready for everything that you have for us in the future. Ready for the 500 people that are going to be coming in. Ready for the waves of salvation, of revival, God. God, we commit ourselves to do today. We, we dedicate ourselves today to be your children in your family, 
to accomplish your purposes in Jesus' name. Anybody want to do that? How about you just lift your hands with me this morning? Just lift your hands and say, God, here I am this morning. Here I am, God. You see me, you know me, you know everything about me. There's nothing that I can hide from you today. And so God, today I just say thank you for loving me right where I'm at. All my mess, all my stuff. Lord, I know sometimes I think it's only other people that have mess, but I realize, God, sometimes I'm the mess. <laughs> so God, today I just yield myself to you. I give you myself and I receive. Let me just say it again. Jesus, I just receive you afresh and anew as the as the Savior of my life, the one who forgives my sins, as the Lord of my life, who pours your very life into me, oh God. And God, today I dedicate myself to be exactly who you want me to be as a part of your family doing the work of your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.